What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This episode of Bush Street Breakaway is brought to you by you, the fans. You can go to patreon.com slash Breakaway to support this podcast. It's how we keep it going every week, legitimately. It's how we do the podcast. It's how we support ourselves. That's how Greg supports himself. Fun times. All right. Uh, fun show today. We have Shayna Goldman. She has a nice announcement to make. She's doing some extra coverage. Super fun. Very proud of Shayna. We talk about the, the upcoming Ryan Strom extension, Igor's injury, and what that means for the team, and good problems to have and more. So without without further ado, I guess let's get to Mark Messier. And thank you all for the support and everything else you do for us. Well, and again, listening. So here we go. Hi everybody, it's Mark Messier. And you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Welcome to the week of the Bushers Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead of Patreon.com, where you can support us, blah, 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 blah. Greg Kaplan is my other, my co-host. He's sitting way away from me. Greg, how are you? Say hello. Uh, you know, they haven't lost since the last time we talked. Isn't that insane? This, <laughs> I, I, I'm starting to um, fall in love, I think. I, I, I keep, you know, you know Dan, and Dan and I have been doing this a lot, where after every single time they win, we text each other, is this team good? And the answer is, like, we, we always debate afterwards, like, well, this, you know, like, Adam Fox, is he's really good and all that, but, like, is the defense for real? Like, can Igor sustain this? Obviously, the injury we'll get into. What about the offense? Like, we can nitpick the lines. But really, the answer is, like, is this team good? And I think the answer is yes. And now the, now the question has become not, is this team good, but is this team legitimate or is this team a contender is where I'm now at. I've answered the question, is this team good? The answer is yes. Is this team a contender? Is now where I'm sitting. Hmm. I don't know if I'm quite there yet. I guess I don't have any. I'm not going to come up with a reason to not be there. It's just uh, for for the eye test people out there. It has to be a feeling. You know what I mean? And right now, there's a lot of feelings in sports. Feeling. Yeah, I. When after last night's game, I, I realized the Rangers had won ten of eleven. I was like, "When the fuck did they do that?" <laughs> and we literally I like cover I've the team. The last eleven games, and they've lost more than one of them. But the the fact of the matter is, they haven't. So I, I literally after the game, I'm walking out of MSG, and I hear the people behind me talking like, "No, oh, you know this team has won ten of 11. and I'm just like, "What? That can't be true." No, <laughs> no. the Rangers of New York, and yet here we sit. Uh, on uh, December 6th at 6.30 p.m. as we record this. And the Rangers are... Shout out Lieber Hayek, who is still a New York Ranger. It doesn't make sense to me. The Rangers are currently sitting in... Sec- you know what's funny? I do... I do. I did the Lieber Hayek rant of the week. Uh, the Rangers had to put Igor on the IR. We think it only last week. I'm sure we'll talk more we about it. We will. We'll get into it. In just a little bit. Yep. But, again, all the Rangers had to do, if they wanted to call up a third goalie, they could have kept Baron up here without having to make the extra roster move. And simply waived Lieber Hayek for the goalie. And they said, no, nah, we'll just put him on IR. No, no big deal. It's fine. No big deal. We got to keep Lieber hanging around a little longer. We'll get to the goalie talk in a minute. But the Rangers sit second overall in the Metro, which still is crazy. They're down. Uh, this is, again, another insane stat. They're down only a point to the Capitals, but they have two games in hand. Like, the Rangers are on fire right now. It's 
it's unprecedented and it's been it's been two minutes and 46 seconds into this podcast and we haven't even mentioned Elaine yo getting fired from Philadelphia and the Islanders just well, continually losing 11 in a row I have complicated feelings about Elaine Vigneault me too fired, because man I wish it kept going right like yes I, I I was just texting with our buddy Jeff about this and he said happy AV fired day and I was like I'm happy because I like being right. And we're all right about Elaine Vigneault. His system has to work in a very specific skill set of player, and it's reliant on ex- elite goaltending. And when he doesn't have it, it falls and crumbles like a house of cards. It happened in Vancouver. It happened in New York. It happened in Philly. I pray to God he goes to Montreal. And it happens. I, the betting favorites are that uh, he goes to Montreal. It has to be. God, I would love it. It would be. Just fantastic. He'd be getting brain. paid, I think. But, I don't think the Rangers are paying him anymore, but just getting paid twice again for the third time in his career. Congratulations, A.V. Yes. But the problem here is the thing I like more, I liked being right about Elaine Vigneault all while he was ruining the Flyers. I don't like that the Flyers now have an opportunity to get better. That disappoints me. I'm totally with you on that. And then I love that Islander fans are out there calling for Barry Trotz's head. Please, I beg you. I beg you continue to do this. I know the Islanders so are off. Ryan, here's an interesting, here's an interesting question for you. Yeah. Did you fire Gerard Gallant for Barry Trotz, regardless of how the Rangers are doing? I think it's close. <laughs> I'm very high on Barry Trotz. Like an incredible. I, you and I both think he's the best coach in the league. Yes. If, if, if Barry Trotz was like, I would like to coach the Rangers exclusively from now on, I think I'd have, like, despite, no matter how, I know how much we love Gerard Gallant, and how great he's been for us as as Ranger fans. It's been awesome this year, and he's been honestly pretty co- fun to cover, funner than I thought he would be. If I'm if I'm being uh, forthright with all of you, yeah. Well, you didn't you didn't expect him to just blatantly lie all the time, right? I didn't which expect makes it that. Fun. It does make it fun, and we have we still haven't gotten clarification on his name, which is strange. But I think if the if push came to shove and Barry Trotz was like, Hey, I, I want to coach the Rangers. I would, I would have to extremely, like, it would be a hard fought decision right now, but I'd lean Trotz. And I'm sure that's a, a take that you're all screaming at your, whatever you're listening to this on right now. But Trotz is a legitimate coach. He gets a lot out of his players. And I, Glon has too. I, they're both great, but Trotz is a, uh, he's another level right now and just done it for longer. Hmm. Yeah. I hope the Islanders fire him. Cause again, I'd hope the Islanders get worse. Yeah. And the only way I can, Envision the Islanders getting worse. I Again, I think this entire year for the Islanders is just a fucking fluke. I don't expect this to ever happen again. I expect them to be really good and pains in the asses of everybody. No, they'll be back. In the next calendar year. They'll be back in yeah, the next three I, months. They'll be assholes. Towards the yeah, end of the I, I hope they overreact and fire people and maybe trade Anthony Beauvillier Woo! while they're at it. Make, make that team worse. I'm a big fan of making that team worse because I know Barry Trotz isn't the problem. I know the players are just... They've been through shit the last two years, right? They had a bubble, then they had a COVID well, we season. We saw this. <clears throat> and now they started this season with 13 road games. We're pulling an like, Arthur Staple here and covering both worse. teams. But yeah, exactly. It they yeah. They, they, they did what the Rangers did. Shot out. Uh, they did what the Rangers did, which is like when they went to conference finals a million years in a row, and then you saw that team just lose its legs. It happens. You need to reset. Every every team but unlike, in pro sports. Unlike the Rangers, this. this team is young enough where I expect them to just be fine next year. Yeah, of course. They'll be fine. So yeah, I'm, I'm not they, worried they about that. They ran out of gas this year. They're not going to run out of gas again. But I hope they panic and break it up. That'd be great for me. Money Puck. I hope they hire Elaine Vigneault. Oh, Fucking A, let's please, go. Please, Money Puck has the Rangers at, at a 96.6% chance to make the playoffs right now. Woo! 
I like how they lost half a percent by not playing yesterday. Yeah, I, I think this. Oh, this is from four days ago, Money Puck. So it might be out of date, but it's still uh, above. Yeah, yesterday, yesterday, buddy, was at ninety-seven point two. Those were the best odds in the NHL. <laughs> That's insane. The best odds in the NHL. <laughs> That's insane. I feel like we do this Mike and Dog thing every single week where we take a look at the schedule, like upcoming. But again, it's super winnable. Let's talk about Georgiev and and Igor. So Igor goes down, does a very serious, dramatic uh, falling, and. We don't really know exactly what the injury is. My hypothesis was that it hit his right knee, like a stinger situation. Some people say it's groin, whichever. They put him on IR, not long-term IR. So they said they, they're pretty confident he's going to be back and playing for the Rangers uh, possibly next week. He's going to skate in Chicago on Thursday. And then maybe he'll play for the Sabres on Friday. We don't know. But there's no reason to rush because Georgiev had a, had a great game. And this mm. schedule... You know, all credit to Georgiev, who we crap on a lot. I still don't think he's a good backup goalie. I have a lot of reasons to think that. I have a lot of evidence to think that. But right now, it's going to be today, if you're if you're listening to this. It's the at, in Chicago at the Blackhawks, and then you're playing the Avalanche at home on a back-to-back before you play the Sabres on Friday. The Avalanche game, even if, even if Igor was starting, was going to be a really rough game. The Rangers could still win it. I'm not saying they can't. And then there's another Avalanche game two days later after the, or two games later after the Sabres game there. But all these games that the Rangers' schedule are coming up are winnable. They can they can continue this streak. They can go seven seven and three in the next ten games and really just kind of cement themselves into a playoff spot and then decide what they want to do trade wise and how to push into the second half. It's a it's a, such a strange situation to be in for Ranger fans after five years of not having this kind of success in December. I'm going to push back on you on Georgiev had a good game on Saturday. Sure. I don't I don't know if it was. Because I was in the building. I don't know if I just have like a negative eye towards every little thing that he does because it just frustrates me to no end. I like to think I like to think the tweet I sent out before the game is how I actually feel, where I give this man shit, but this is his opportunity to put up or shut up, and I hope he shuts us up. I really do. I hope Georgiev goes out there and makes us look stupid. That'd be wonderful. Same. That'd be another good problem to have. I like it when players that I don't have any faith in Make me look dumb for not having faith in them. That I that's a thing I can be wrong about all the time. Please and thank you. That's not a bad thing. However, I understand that both gold calls against Yorgiev you can call a suspect, but I also understand that Yorgiev got bailed out by four different posts. He got flat out beat four different times. And the difference between him getting beat and him getting saved by the post is just inches. I do remember them. I remember two of the of, post hits, and they were pretty. They were pretty close. Oh, buddy, there were four. I was counting. It is, including. Look, he got fucking. I I understand that they didn't call it live, but he got fucking beat on the second goal when it just trickled in behind him, and he had no fucking clue where the puck was. That's true. That's true. And and I get that it looked like a high stick, but once again, Georgiev had no fucking idea where the puck was on the first one either. <laughs> So it's it's like that was I a high stick. I, I I I get it. I get it. I get it. I am being overly critical. The New York Rangers won a hockey game three to two, in which throughout the entirety of the hockey game, they were very clearly the better team on the ice. At very very little times did I feel like the Rangers were the worst team. I should also mention not only on those four posts, the Blackhawks at one point had a completely open net, and I forgot who it was. Just shot it. Probably at Dylan. Probably Dylan Strong. It's in the family. D- yeah, just shot it at Yorgiev's face as he was lying down on the ice and couldn't get back up, as opposed to just putting it top shelf. 
into the open net. I mean, I have criticisms of, of Georgiev's game, too. There was one time where he played out the net and just did not get back fast enough. And I was like, well, Igor, like, I'm just so spoiled from watching Igor and Hank all these years of, like, this this unique play of Georgiev just was, like, daddling outside of the net. I was like, what is he doing? I don't understand. Why isn't he back in already? And uh, I miss Igor uh, a lot already. But yeah, I, I think Georgiev's I, fine. Like, he's going to be fine. Yeah, he, 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 he I, I just... I don't know. I, I saw a lot of people saying you got to give Georgiev credit for that one. I was like, I don't think I do. That's that's not the one I have to give him credit for. Well, can I ask like, you an interesting question? Yeah, tell me. Okay, so Georgiev's already confirmed to start against the Blackhawks if you're listening to this t- today on a Tuesday. So it's a back-to-back. Uh-huh. The Rangers are at home versus the Avalanche. Are you starting Georgiev in both games? Yes. Okay. All right. I th- because I, I see the, the – with or without Igor healthy, right? I – if Igor was healthy, I think you could make an interesting argument for Georgiev should start the front end. But the Rangers are now 0 for 2 for starting a front end of a back-to-back with not Igor and not getting the two points that they need. So instead of getting 2 of 4, they ended up getting like 1 of 4 both times, mm-hmm. which, again, play the play your better goalie in the game you know you can win and then hope to get lucky in the second game. It's, it, it's how a coach should think. Um, I would – I consider – the avalanche game, the 32 thoughts would call it a scheduled loss, right? That is a game you lose, not because you are the inferior team, but because the schedule dictates this is when you should probably lose. That's how I see the avalanche game. So I would, I would start Georgiev both games because I don't expect the Rangers to win essentially under any circumstance on Wednesday. So why not give him a harder test, right? He's, He's a guy out here saying he needs to play. Okay, here you fucking go. Here's 120 minutes of hockey in four, 36 hours. Have fun. Yeah, and he's going he's gonna to get the chance here. I, I was wondering if, you know, our, our good friend and, Keith, and client, Keith Kincaid, probably isn't going to get called up because of the tr- ridiculous oh, yeah, the, COVID situation that's so, going down in Hartford. So, uh, Friday night, to give everybody a flashpoint of what my life was like. Um, I went to a movie because I was going to the Ranger game on Saturday. A couple of my friends wanted to go see a movie. First of all, how dare I, you have a social life, Gregory? I, this is terrible. <laughs> I, it, essentially, I go to movies at this uh, mall because I just every time I'm there, I'm plotting to break the puppies out of the pet store that's yeah, in the mall. As you should. I, yeah, I fucking Saddest thing on earth, stores. yes? Yeah. I want to. I will liberate those dogs. I don't know how. I don't know when. If I if this podcast stops existing, right. it's because I am in jail from breaking dogs out of dog prison. That is essentially what I will get arrested for. Um, anyway, where was I? You're they wanted movie. to see House of Gucci. Friday night, six thirty showing. Uh, I was texting a buddy that I was meeting up for the Ranger game on Saturday, and we were trying to plot out where we were going to get drinks beforehand. And I was like, "All right, man, I'll talk to you after the game. I'm going to watch a movie. Turn my phone off." Turn my phone back on after the movie. Pretty long movie. Um, I turn it on, and the first thing I see from my buddy is, hey, man, sorry, don't think I'll be able to get drinks. And I was like, oh, that's that's a bummer. I'm sure something just came up in his life that prevents him from getting drinks. But I don't, like, I'm a psycho, so I still have, like, the message preview on my phone, yes. which only showed the words, hey, buddy, sorry, don't think I can get drinks. And then it just goes dot, dot, dot. Normal people, it would just say iMessage and who it's from. No, no. I'm a lunatic. I like to see some of the words beforehand. So I finally open the phone. And it's like, hey, man, sorry. I don't think I can get drinks because I'm jumping off the Chase Bridge. And in the moment I read that, I was like, oh, 
Igor got hurt. Like, I, knew, I, knew, I knew nothing. No other Ranger player would garner that reaction right now, right? Like, oh, just Panarin, Panarin would just, and Fox. You know, That's it. Panarin, no, but Panarin and Fox, even then, I'd be like, fuck. I think the reaction would just be, fuck, we're in trouble. It's, it wasn't a very clearly like, no, no, the only option now is death because everything is going to be terrible. The way the message was worded, I was like, I know exactly what happened. Igor got hurt. The only difference is the tone of the message made me think that Igor got hurt and the Rangers were losing 6 nothing. No, they So when I opened my yes. phone and saw it was one nothing with like five minutes left, I was like, huh, well, that doesn't make any sense. Right. And listen, Igor avoided what could have been a massive injury. I We, won't, we don't know if it's a groin or a knee stinger. We, we, maybe we'll find out. Maybe he'll say something. But uh, – to only be out a week in this circumstance is totally fine. Even if he misses the Saber game and the Predators game after that, that's total. I'm, you're, I'm totally fine with starting Gior again five games in a row. I still think the Rangers can get six points in those five games. That's not an issue. Like teams lose in this league. It's like you said, it's a scheduled loss against the Avalanche. It's probably going to be a really rough game for the Rangers. But I don't know. The Rangers are playing out of their goddamn minds right now, and Artemi Panarin played maybe the best game of his career. Not out of his career because he's got so many of those, but he's just like prime Panarin again all of a sudden. Surprise, he's back. And by the way, that man is going to get Ryan Strom an extension one way or another. Oh, the quote today was phenomenal. I have it right here. I'll read it for you. Stromer, Stromer looking to me at times because he starts the attack. Looks to me and I can play with the puck, Panarin said. It's not like he's a shitty player. He's amazing. You talk to me like a – you talk about me like a, like a star and he's somewhere like down here and I think he's already fucking up here. <laughs> <laughs> but there's great he's one Panarin's of the funny great. like i know you there's a lot of fun mets players you followed over the years there's a lot of fun players we followed through sports over the years he's 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 top three for me at this point he's Panarin? yeah he's so much fun to follow just on the ice the antics how weird he is how just strange asking vince about his shampoo stuff he does on the ice the way he plays the way he wanted to come here everything he's so much fun Everything about him. Uh, I guess fighting hard, dictatorships, you know, to, no big deal. It's it's hard for me to for sure name. I could probably name two Mets. Yeah, David Wright, Robin Wright. Yep, ahead of Panarin. I'd be hard pressed to name a third right now. And while I think Carmelo is no worse than on Panarin's level talent wise. I'll be honest; those New York years just weren't that fun. No way. Nowhere um, near he, compared to this. Right, because it's complicated what took Melo to get here. Then you really only had a one-year run where they finally built the roster correctly around him. And then it just felt like it was over really quickly. It was two years, and then so it was done. Two years of cool yeah. excitement, and then that's it. But Aaron's about but to even, just a five-year contract, like, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. But and, like, the other thing is, like, everything got so sour with Melo at the end that it's hard to even remember the good times. And now that, like, I like Melo is back to being – the fun mellow you almost have negative feelings just about the Knicks atmosphere at the time yeah so I I think Panarin would be three for me as well I just think he's um, he's so much it, it, even of all Rangers I've rooted for well, him, I, uh, for the last I, 10 years I'm not putting him above Hank I guess right well, like hey it, Hank is is Hank as fun as Panarin Hank is Hank like Hank is just it, it just exists. Did you did you not have fun with Hank? I had a great time with Hank, but he's just like a he's not as a weirdo. He's just professional winner. Hank's not a <laughs> Hank, Hank. I think your I think your definition of weirdo is inaccurate. I think Hank is the weirdest human being in the world. You think Hank's he's the weird? Sexiest man alive with the biggest penis. <laughs> <laughs> 
for a living, he decided to have pucks shot in his face right. on bad hockey teams. I think that's fucking weird, Ryan. Uh, all right, that is pretty weird. He does play the guitar randomly. Uh, I, I don't know. I had a lot of fun. That, I'm not naming greatest players. I'm just ready to root, easiest to root for. Uh, Hank is super easy to root for. He's super easy to root for. You think Panarin's easier to root for no, than Hank? No, no. Yeah, you're a fucking psycho. The only, the only easier person to root for than these two is Zuccarello. That was it. The only, oh, uh, for a second there, I thought you said a gorilla, and I was like, "Nope, okay. that's not what I said." You just, I said, you just, you just Matt's, go to the zoo, Matt's and you're like, "Come on, jeez, <laughs> come on, gorillas!" <laughs> Hard day for you in Harambe Pass. It's right? been a, it's been a hell of a Monday, my friend. But uh, uh, yeah, no, I think Zuccarello is the only one that's been like easily more likable than than Panarin mm-hmm. and Hank, something like that. Good yeah, debate. I'll put, but, uh, a good, good debate. I think you're wrong, but whatever. Not here for That's it. Um, Talk about Strom extension. It's probably, Strom ex- ah, seems God, like it's it going to happen. I know. And so here's where I'm at with the Strom extension. And hey, I've man. said this on Discord. And I said this on Twitter. Well, you can join our well, Discord I'll, by I'll going to patreon.com slash Bushwood Breakaway. Supporting us in the great right. podcast Discord's today. popping, by the way. It's awesome. Awesome hang. Good I, uh, people. I love our New York Rangers memes channel, which I made this week. People put in a lot oh, of Oh, yeah. Stuff I've been saving there. a lot of them off for future use. Me too. <laughs> what user? And I want to give him credit. Uh, I'll find it. It's Dr. Dr. Zayrus, I think. He made uh, he made drunk a lot. He always drums during press conferences if you watch the videos. So he actually put drums to every single time he hits the table. It's hilarious. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> That's phenomenal. Um, yeah, here's where I end up on Strom. And it's it almost at this point has nothing to do with Ryan Strom himself. We've talked about this on the show before, where the New York Rangers are essentially locked in everywhere. And when you look at the salary cap space, even for next year, the Rangers essentially have money for whatever they want Ryan Strom to make or whatever they're paying Ryan Strom's replacement and a Capo Capo bridge deal. That's that's it. Those are really the only two moves the New York Rangers can afford. There's going to be no secret third move there, right? Backup goalie is going to be making pennies. Julian Gauthier is not going to make a significant amount of money on his nope. likely two-year extension. It's, it's going to be a, a, a Kako getting the Lindgren deal, and it's going to be whatever the Rangers want to pay whoever Ryan Strom or Ryan Strom that money, right? So here's my problem. It, it, it's not even a problem because if the New York Rangers win a Stanley Cup, in the next three years, I don't give a fuck, right? It, it Very simple, very bland, very, very just bare bones. New York Rangers win, don't give a shit how it's done. Win's a win, flags fly forever, everything's good. However, like you, I like, get excited about, and have fun imagining player movement. And I know that if the Rangers sign Ryan Strom, Not only will there not be player movement on the New York Rangers of any significance, it's mathematically impossible. So it's, it's hard for you to tell me today that I can either have Ryan Strom for the next three plus years, or I can just be cool with this roster until 2024. I got to tell you, even if I think I don't, it's not that I have confidence of in Chris Drury specifically that the New York Rangers will be able to find a player that does what Artem, uh, Ryan, I almost called him Artemi Strom. Artemi uh, Strom. Ryan Strom does for that top six. I, it's not that I have the confidence that that guy's out there. I don't think Joe Pavelski would take a two-year, $5 million contract to come to New York. The man's making $8 million more this year. And guess what? 
He's still great. So he's still going to have an opportunity to make that big ass bag of money as a free agent after this year. There isn't a realistic option where I can say, I want that guy. And I'm confident he's going to be better than Strome. at the same time. I'm going to be bored if I don't have the option to at least try to find a replacement. It's, it's, it's not that fun. It's, I, I don't know. I think part of it is because, right, first things first, push comes to shove, Greg Kaplan is a Met fan, right? Yep. So nothing in my life has ever been good, which means I'm always trying to find ways to make it good. Things with the New York Rangers right now are good. So I'm a little confused as to how I'm supposed to operate because I'm supposed to, again, find the holes and fix them. And if Ryan, if the Rangers think Ryan Strom is good enough, they should extend him. And we have mountains of evidence to say he's good enough. This shit's worked for three years. Yeah, and it keeps but, working at high levels. Yeah, but I, I can't sit here and tell you that I'd be overly enthused with the idea that the New York Rangers can't make a single meaningful transaction for three years. That's, that's very boring. I gotta be honest. I'm with you on the very boring part. I think, I think they're going to find ways around that. I've, I've been on record saying they're going to try and move Nemeth this season. Yeah. But here's, I, I, I thought about that tweet of yours today. And again, I have to remind you, it's like you're assuming Patrick Nemeth is making more money than he does. He's not. He makes an insignificant amount of money. Dollars, yes. Yeah. That's insignificant. You can't do anything with that. If they move on from Nemeth, all they're going to do is promote Jones or Schneider or Tarmo or one of their own children, which, again, that's fine. But you keep saying that you think the Rangers are going to move him at all costs when they're not paying him enough to move him at all costs. That's not the guy you move if you need to open up space. It just isn't. It's not. But that'll give them some flexibility. Then the answer. Two and a half million. That flexibility is what? Julian Gauthier? It's probably Julian Gauthier. Like, that's it. That's not not meaningful flexibility. That's not anything. The meaningful flexibility comes in 2024 or beforehand when they have to convince one of the hottest men on earth to go to another team. And Chris Kreider. Other than that. Listen, if he's still still hot in 2023, 2024, happy problem. Happy problem. Happy to talk about it. Super happy to talk about it. But, yeah, I I think the Rangers will kind of be locked into a squad for our summer offseason podcast will be something. That's for sure. I am not sure. Max, what... Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom are going to be losing one nothing ball games on back-to-back games. <laughs> we'll have plenty to talk about. We'll figure it out. Not worried about it. But if the Ryan if the Ryan Strom contract looks like something, like they can't go more than five years, just cannot. Has to be. They also can't go more than $5.5 million. They can't. They cannot. It has to be like a $5.5, $5.2 million deal. And I don't know if Ryan Strom's going to take that because Ryan Strom's better than that. He really is. Like, I Not can't just that, but again, if you're Ryan Strom, I understand if, if he wants to be in New York, doesn't fucking matter, right? Yeah. But for three years, this team has basically been telling they Ryan Strom that we don't kick him out, Gregory. <laughs> we don't we don't think you're good enough to be here. So we're gonna keep trying to trade you. And one year it got to a point where we're like, not only do we not think you're good enough, we're confident nobody else is going to even sign you if we release you. So we're thinking about it. So if I'll have to forgive Ryan Strom if all of a sudden he decides that he might not really want to give the Rangers a break. I think he's well within his rights. All credit to Ryan Strom, one of the the only current Ranger that's been on this podcast and was a great guest, by the way. But on, on, at the same time, Greg, they tried, they tried to – they forced him. The Jeff Gordon came out and was like, yeah, we tried to trade Strom at every and corner I wanna, this I week. I want to make – 
I want to make another point clear because some people are going to say it either on Twitter, in our Discord, or at the radio like Adam, et cetera, does. They're going to say, <laughs> wow, but that was, with a different admini- that was with a different administration. That was Jeff Gordon and John Davidson. For two-thirds of it, you're absolutely right. But I know Chris Drury's ass was trying to trade him last offseason, too. Because so I know. literally Freeman doesn't report anything he doesn't hear. Period. Yeah, and Hockey, Freeman's like, he's going to be a Golden Knight. Just yeah, give it a couple weeks. Hockey doesn't. They Unless something's like set in stone, Freeman really doesn't put shit out. Like, hockey rumors are terrible. They're awful. They don't really happen. They don't exist that often. They Like, the Eichel stuff was juicy and all that. but And there's stuff here and there, but... They, the Ryan Strom getting traded thing was le- real and legitimate. Friedman reported it. And then all of a sudden, it just didn't happen. The pieces couldn't fall into place. Maybe all the deals fell apart. Maybe Drury lost those deals. And guess what? Ryan Strom comes back, and he's awesome with Panarin for a third year in a row. And now you have to figure out a way to, to convince him to take four years, $5.2 million, something like that. When he, when, what do you think he gets as a free agent from a team? Legitimately. Well, I, I don't know if he gets above six, but I know it gets close. I think he gets like six six, something like that. Six point five over six. It'd be hard. It'd be hard for me to come up with a legitimate reason why he should get less than Philip Deneau. Really hard. I'd rather have Ryan Strom. <laughs> I would. It's Ryan yeah, Strom. It's... Like even though he's like not the greatest defensive player, the the chemistry and the things that analytics can't account for playing with Panarin at that kind of level, it would you want to keep your best star and your best player happy. I don't know if Panarin's your best star mode some nights. Well, not, not just that, but you have to realize also you have to think about situations other teams are in when you're talking about free agents, right? So, like, you're telling me Vancouver, who is going through hell right now, hell. isn't going to want to do something drastic to get the fans excited in their eyes next year. And we know how stupid NHL GMs are. So they're going to think that Ryan Strom is that big, exciting, sexy piece because of the point totals. So I can't sit here and tell you that a team like Vancouver wouldn't come out and be like, here's six and a half, be our savior and play with Pedersen. Yeah. Yeah. It's, whoo, I don't know. I don't know. I think that's going to, I think it's going to end up happening. We don't have much time, but so we'll do just one quick five-star question or two real quick ones. This is from, uh, if you want to leave a five-star question, you go to Patreon or go to our Discord and leave a five-star question in the five-star question channel. TSE123. One, it says, at this point, who? what do you think the Rangers are looking at for the season? Is the goal simply the playoffs, even if it might be one and done, or do you think things are getting a little bit more ambitious? I think it's getting a little bit more ambitious because, I, when again, when you're in the position the Rangers are currently in with their record, with their point percentage, you're now at a point where if you don't make the playoffs, something went terribly wrong, right? Yep. It was... It, it is it has to be we don't like throwing the C we don't like throwing the C word out there but at this point with their record in this part of the season with other teams playing poorly if the Rangers don't make the playoffs it's a straight up collapse that's the only way to really describe it so when you've reached the point where again it's not not to say that money puck is trying to tell people that for sure this is going to happen but again the Rangers have the best odds in the NHL to make the playoffs so now that they feel comfortable about being able to get in with the pieces that they have, you now need to think, okay, are these enough pieces to go on a run or are we missing something Uh, 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 in a way to to put it as our good friend Fitz would put it. Do the Rangers need to go out and find a 16 game play? (laughs) I love that turn. Makes me so happy. Yeah, I think they might. So I know he's on the, he's on the Beauvillier trade 
real hard. Yeah. And I want to once again state that I love Anthony Beauvillier. There's no way that And again, Islanders state ever. that the Islanders drafted Anthony Beauvillier with one of the first-round draft picks that the Rangers originally traded to the Tampa Bay Lightning in return for Marty St. Louis. I'm just saying that so I can say it. At the same time, he doesn't play a lot of right wing, and I don't see a three-team trade happening in this boring-ass league. And I know the Islanders would never send him to the That's Rangers. never, ever, 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 ever happening as much as I would like it to. All right, let's get to our uh, our special guest of honor tonight, Shayna, of two companies, but mostly a company that we used to hang out with. All right, let's go. Transition. Hey, we're back with the special guest of the hour, Shayna of... Shayna, you want to do it? You want to do it? You can do it. Okay. Of The Athletic and Sportsnet. Wow. And you're full-time? I am full-time. Wow. Uh, my first question, what's that like, a job? <laughs> I, I'm curious. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 a, it's a bit different. It's, it's a little bit of an exhale to not, to not have to, like, worry as much and be like oh hey if i take on a huge project this week i'm only writing one article this whole week instead of two or three like i should be pushing for so like that's nice that i don't have to think about that congratulations yeah you know you've i said this to you in private but i'll say it here again you've earned it and uh um, thank you i'm not the only one that realized it as literally everyone that quotes me you said about time so there you go <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that's that. Uh, let's get to congratulations. Greg, anything other accolades you want to congratulate Shane on? Are we good? No, I mean, again, I said it in private. I'll say it publicly, too. Uh, I'm thrilled for you. It, it long overdue. It's embarrassing that it took this long, not on your end, on other people's ends. And uh, I know you're going to do good and great things. And, you know, I, I'm just incredibly jealous of anybody that has a job right now. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's true. So I'm let's... running out of movies I can see. That's true. There's only so many. Let's clarify, though. Um, got some people on Reddit talking today about this. Like, hey, Shane is with the Devils now. And let's clarify some things. What exactly you'll be doing? You'll be covering the – you'll be writing about the Rangers. You'll be writing about the Devils. And you'll be doing fantasy hockey, correct? Yes. And some national stories. Got it. And that that's I'm... that's from Shanealytics. That's, I just coined that term. You can use it. Oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah, it's it's very much a hybrid role, and it is very much an analysis role. I don't know how to do anything else. I am if big things happen, I will write about it. But I'm I am not. You know, I I really don't. I'm not a reporter and a beat writer. I I like to talk shit about things, and I like to take deep dives and have a long winded approach to literally everything. That could be probably said in six hundred words. I'm like, no, let's write two thousand and put some numbers everywhere and you know word salad but that's just you know that's my vibe you wrote an article uh, i think a couple weeks ago and, and i thought it was a fantastic piece and it was comparing the rangers to other squads that have similar structures and salary structures to win the cup what was your biggest takeaway from from writing that entire piece which if if everyone hasn't read i'll try and retweet it tomorrow on my or it's rather today on my timeline uh so everyone can take take a look but it was like comparing the rangers to other teams that have those big kind of contracts similar. So the Leafs, the Golden Knights, the Avalanche, et cetera. Um, so the biggest takeaway, well, salary is uh, winning the cup inflates salaries. We kind of know that already, but like, it just really proves it because for the teams that won in the last 10 years and, you know, I went back and looked at championship teams. If their player, their core players weren't signed before they got signed after and they got their money and you know for some of them rightfully so we also know that that inflates depth salaries that's another issue in itself because we're focusing on core players here but 
the biggest thing is trying to, if you're paying a player a lot of money, is trying to get that value to actually work out for the life of the contract, which I know sounds like such a, like, such a simple concept, but for some reason, for so many teams, it isn't. They pay players at the wrong time. Their contracts are not, you know, good value past the first two, three years. That's a problem, especially if you want to be good for a long time. And you, you need to support your core players. You know, the Rangers didn't stack up to some of the other teams and what their projected value should have been. And yes, we only use one metric for it. We stuck with game score value added, but you know, it's, it's a good all encompassing number that considers analytical metrics and, you know, what shows up on the score sheet. That's why like we use it so much, but other teams have so much more value for more money, for less money, for equal money. So you do see that difference between the Rangers core and everyone else. They're, possible advantage is that they're paying their core now versus after winning they're hoping that they paid all their players now that they can go on to the playoffs and to you know ideally cup runs and things like that will that happen we don't know you know otherwise are you going to look at and be like well that was a shitty investment and it's possible but they're not looking at it going well we're going in you know half-assed with a couple core players signed and then two years we're going to see costs rise like the costs have risen this is what they're locked in with and now they need to make it work they know you, I don't know if you know this. You're kind of our go-to analytics person. Shocking, I know. The last couple of days, I've been seeing on Twitter a couple people trying to do the I told you so dance with how well the Rangers have been playing lately. I need you to put in the context for me, a noted dum-dum, how maybe not unlikely, but not exactly expected this turnaround was from when the Rangers got 10 points in 13 games while playing like ass to now playing like arguably one of the most complete teams in the NHL. So the biggest thing that you, if you want to say, I told you so the only reason you could say it is not have any concerns about the system and the, like the time it takes to adapt to it because a lot of their weaknesses we saw were things that were sloppy, things had to be cleaned up and it was on the execution and it was on everything like that. It's tough when you have a new coach, no matter who the coach is, it could be the best coach in the world. There's an adjustment period. You know, it's only reasonable for that to happen. We saw those weaknesses in the Rangers game. You know, they, they had turnovers and they weren't playing the way that, you know, Gallant wanted them to. And, you know, so he was hoping some players would simplify their games, which for some is a red flag. Like, oh, are you trying to beat the creativity out of them? And for others, you know, they might see that if you just play it simple, that you can get the fundamentals right and then go from there. Um, even with all that in mind, though, you look at the first, you know, first stretch of games, they weren't playing well below the surface. You know, there were lineup weaknesses. There were players that weren't at their best, including some of their top players like Artemi Panarin, who wasn't, you know, playing incredibly. He was still playing really well, but not at his level. And you could see that reliance on Shesterkin. You know, he's stealing games and that's not a sustainable way to win. A positive is that they collected points along the way because those points are going to come in handy down the stretch if they weaken it all or they have a couple bad games or they're unlucky, anything like that. You know, you build yourself up that bubble right now. That's a good thing to do. But the team legitimately turned around their level of play. And they did it after losing a player like Sammy Blay, which obviously, you know, was a pretty big hit to their winger depth. As, As questionable as you might feel his ceiling is and there's like a range of opinions for it, the fact is they don't have, you know, this arsenal of wingers that they can just interchanging them out. So 
a player like Barkley Gaudreau in the top six for the next couple games was a red flag. Obviously, that's changed, and Dryden Hunt fits there better. And there's so many reasons why he is fitting there. And Julian Gauthier is having his moment that we thought was coming for a while, but I think as many of us could have thought that this, you know, he had this in him, we didn't know for sure. So I don't think it should be a t- uh, and I told you so moment. The second their underlying numbers turned around and you saw that noticeable change in the game to think that they could have built on it. Sure. You can tell us. So the second you see that turnaround, you can be like, yeah, okay. Now they're going to have more sustainable success, which they are. But in the beginning, you really couldn't say that you, you really couldn't that, you know, you could have expected top players to play top players, and that's going to help the team as a whole, and that's happening now, sure. But they were that bad below the surface. So it took multiple things to come together for the team to be playing the way that they are. But so many of us had doubts about this team because they didn't have the depth and because we knew it would take time to adjust and because we know they already rely on their goaltender so much. And, you know, they're still allowing a shit ton of uh, shots from the slot, you know, and that that's you don't want your goalie to have to be perfect every night, which they needed him to be. They weren't scoring goals and they weren't doing enough to generate offense for those goals. So I, I, I really wouldn't go, oh, I told you so until their play turned around. And then you could say, sure, I'm telling you that they're going to have more sustainable success. And right now, that's what we imagine that they're going to have as long as goaltending can hold up while Shisterkin's out. Right. Which Georgiev will get at least get two more games here with uh, Shisterkin out till Friday uh, before he skates. And then they'll reevaluate on that Thursday afternoon. But one player I thought who's had kind of a lackluster start, and I wonder if you agree with me or not, is Mika Zibanejad. I know he's almost averaging a point-per-game kind of player, but he just hasn't been that. I think he's trying to up his playmaking game. I think he's gotten coached to know that his his shooting and his finishing, or rather he knows that that's very good. He's trying to improve other aspects of his game to playmake with, with Kreider, who's been on an absolute heater, and Kako, who looks like a totally different player this year. Like, do you think Mika Zibanejad can take it to another level? Because to me, he's just been he's just been a step below of what he is. And I think if he hits the next gear, this team's going to go into overdrive. Yeah, he hasn't had a perfect start. And I think some of it, like, some of it is you can see, like, not having the player that's been his mainstay right winger for the last few years who legitimately could drive play for him. You know, a lot of times you want to have that your center is the player driving, you know, is driving a line. Uh, that obviously happens a lot. It isn't always the case. And in Zabanajad's case, it it wasn't not always due to him. You know, last year, we a lot of it was out of his control. But it at the end of the day, it was Buchnevich making things happen on that line. And now they didn't have that. And expecting a player like Barkley Goudreau to now step up and do it. They didn't need that two-way presence. They needed someone to make plays to help Kreider play his game, to help Zabanajad play his game. Kako was playing so well that, you know, he's a good fit for them right now. That's why, you know, breaking them up does make sense because as well as Kako is playing with Panarin, Panarin and Strom didn't need the help. So a player like Hunt, you know, can plug into that line and be fine. Kreider and Zibanejad clearly need it. Um, he, you can see he's shooting. You can see he's trying. One one problem is uh, Chris Kreider. So I looked at the Cy Young candidates this year to see. Yeah, can you explain the you Cy know, Young thing for people? Because I think it's awesome. Yeah, can you yeah. also explain how Jacob DeGrom was not on the list? <laughs> I cannot explain that. I'm not even a Met fan, and I can't explain that. But basically, you know, we we see players with unbalanced score, uh, score lines, and you'll see that they'll have, like, Chris Kreider, 16 goals and three assists. So I wanted to find players who had that mismatch in their scoring. And, you know, ideally, I was looking for players with over 70% of their scoring being goals and 
you know, we had to take out some players like Oliver Wallstrom, who was 5-0, and and Ryan Poling's 4-0. and They just haven't done it enough yet to be in the conversation. You know, I wanted that as top producer as well as them with an imbalanced scoreline. So I wanted to see if those players were one-dimensional because if a player came out right now and had, you know, one goal and 15 assists, we'd all be like, oh, he never shoots the puck. Oh, he's not even trying to shoot. Oh, he's only a passer. And sometimes that is the case. You know, a player like Alex Wenberg passes over shooting so so much of the time, but it isn't always. A player, a player like, you know, Ryan Nugent Hopkins just wasn't lucky and wasn't getting those bounces too. It didn't mean that he's only one-dimensional. So for the Cy Young, I wanted to know whose production would be sustainable and who would be more likely to keep boosting their goal totals and not their assist totals. So I was looking for the more one-dimensional player. And Andrew Mangiapane and Chris Kreider were the two leading the pack at 16-3 and three with Alex Debrinkat right behind them. Debrinkat passes the puck a lot. So does Mangiapane. They're contributing with their zone entries. They're contributing with their passes, with their high-danger passes, and then, of course, with their shooting. For Kreider, his passing numbers were all down this year. He is entering the zone, and when he does enter the zone, he gets a scoring chance, or the team gets a scoring chance. Um, he's, you know, the recipient of a pass to go over the, you know, to get into the offensive zone as well. So he's helping with controlled entries, but his passing percentage was so low, not just, you know, relative to his line mates, but relative to the team at five-on-five five and in all situations. And it was really, really, really low relative to the rest of the league. So from that, we can see that his goal scoring might be sustainable and that imbalanced scoreline is – but from a Rangers perspective, we're seeing that he's just not passing the puck enough. And Mika Zibanejad is the shooter on that line as well. You know, you want it that you have more than one shooter, but you have one of the most frequent shooters on the team who has an incredibly effective right-handed shot, and his most frequent line mate is not shooting, is not passing to him enough. It's going to affect his game. You know, a big thing for Zibanejad last year was when his game shifted and you saw that turnaround midseason, his shot location did slightly change. He was getting better quality chances and things like that. And obviously it helps to have a better passer. So that was a player like Buchnevich. A player like Kako hopefully can set him up more often and help him get into those ideal locations so his shots, you know, he's in a better position to succeed. But when you see a lot of his shots from the left circle, you know, they're a little um, further away from the scoring chance area. That might be a little more concerning or the fact that, you know, he has some he has a good amount of scoring chances at five on five but maybe that pre-shot movement is what he's missing to better his chances and he's just not getting it from the left Shayna, i think the biggest question that we have in ranger land for the next probably maybe even for the rest of the season without any further health incidents how do you answer the dryden hunt question is it do you play it out as it is right now or do you think the rangers should still be looking for an upgrade in their top six. Any team that thinks they're going to be a playoff team or hopes to be should always be looking at the trade market around them to be aware of who's available, be aware of what their needs are, and always be thinking about what deals would work or not work for them. You, you can't sit on your hands and be like, no, we're good. You could always be an injury away. You could always fall short. Or another team could make a move that's going to make you reactionary. So you have to be prepared for it. player like Dryden, Dryden Hunt you know, like as much as we can look at him and closely associate him with a player like Gallant, you know, he's hardworking, he's a good depth player, and, you know, the whole nine yards, he's the guy every coach loves. He's a computer boy signing from Florida. They pinpointed him as someone that would replace not having, you know, a, you know, a higher draft pick. You know, I, I think I saw something about his value being equated to, like, 
a second round pick or something like that, like at the time of his signing, like just signing him as a free agent. That was not a pick that came out of thin air, though. I mean, you know, like a signing that came out of thin air. That was something that really smart people pointed to a good player. No, he's not going to be, you know, consistent top six player, probably. Like, he's working here because he's playing with an elite winger and, you know, a high-end second-line center. But will it work long-term? Like, that's the question. And when you look at, like, what a contender should be, there's, you know, obvious benchmarks of what they should be. And sometimes you might not hit every single one if you can compensate elsewhere. The fact that the Rangers don't have the greatest first line might, you know, be cause for concern. Maybe they end up needing a winger. Like, if Kako can't get that line going, but Kako does work with Panarin, maybe then you have to be looking for a winger for Kreider's line this entire time and not for Panarin's line. So they should be, you know, staying as aware as possible. It's great that you have a utility player like Hunt. He's, you know, he works there now. You don't fix it unless it really needs to be. And the only reason I think in the near future it's going to need fixing is because of the lines around them, not that line per se. So they definitely have to keep looking. With this squad, it's it's interesting because Greg and I talked earlier about how the Rangers are kind of going to be locked in for the next couple of years, especially if they sign Strom to a long-term deal. And I, I want to get your thoughts on that in a couple of minutes here. But this is the year they have cap space. They can go out and get rentals. I mean, there's nothing wrong with just getting depth players to, in case something happens to Dryden Hunt. I mean, maybe they go out and do that. Has there been any player that kind of has caught your eye for like a, maybe a depth rental position? The answer could be no. Um, hmm, that's a good question. No, I, I like I honestly focus so much on centers this whole time that I haven't as much been thinking like, oh, who's a winger that they should go out and get? Because it was, you know, I was curious like. Would they be going for someone on the younger end of it? Think like a young NHL-ready player like Adam Fox, you know, who obviously has turned into something that is way higher than anyone thought. But at the time of the acquisition, it was like, this is a player who could step into the lineup now and be good for the next 10 years. I wonder if that's their approach at all, because they're going to be giving up a future asset that you don't want it that they give up a first-round pick, let's say, for a winger who's... 30 going to be good for a year going to leave as a free agent whatever even if they stay it doesn't you know it doesn't really make a difference in this they just lost the chance to extend their winger you know their their time as a contender potentially because they got rid of a future asset and made their team older so I'm curious of what their approach will be um could they look at a player like I don't know like somewhat of a reclamation project like a Dylan Strom like that could be interesting if they feel like that's something they could get for Craftsoft, uh, but I am not a hundred percent sure on wingers. I really would need to think about that to see which strategy is more effective because I don't think the answer is going out and getting I don't know like a Mike Hoffman. Like I don't think that's it. I don't I don't care like how cheap you know. Oh, he's available from Montreal. Let's say like I don't think that's necessarily the right direction for them right now. Speaking of direction for right now, let's try direction for the next three years. How long is too long for Ryan Strom? Is there a too long for Ryan Strom? Is there a price point in your eye where Ryan Strom, unfortunately, is just not the guy anymore? Yes, there's definitely a price point. Um, The thing with Ryan Strom is, like, he's been so effective in New York. He works here. They know he works here. He works with Panera. And why... Why mess with the chemistry? There's so many reasons why Ryan Strom's a good fit here. But you need a price that if he becomes the third line center, that it's reasonable. You need a term that it can work 
you know, you look at on the high end, if they're going to go for the money, which in my mind is like seven is like the money. I would say if you look at comparatively to what Savannah Jet got or other players, if that's as high as they're willing to go in cap, they can't go more than three or four years like a Max Pacioretty deal because aging curves tell us that his play is not going to stay at this level forever. And, you know, it's great that it works with Panarin, but you can't screw yourself in so early into this window because three years in, you have so much on the cap. You have aging players and it's just not working. So if they have a price point for him that if he shifts to 3C, which could be in the 5 or $6 million range, honestly, especially if they have a cheap 2C, like, I don't know, Philippetal, it could work. But I think that they have to be super careful with that. If they go 5 by 5 is it the end of the world? Like, no. If they go 5.5 by 5 is the end of the world? No. If they go up to 6, then I think that 5 might be a little bit high for the term. So... It's tricky because if they didn't, if they didn't have so many players signed to these long-term deals that they can't get out from and that they honestly need at this point, if you get rid of Kreider, who's replacing him, if you get rid of Zibanejad, who's replacing him, like you can't get rid of so many of these bigger contracts. That's the position they put themselves in. Then you need the Strom contract to work around it and not just weigh down their chances in a couple of years. The thing is like, I don't know who you replace Ryan Strom with. Like you want to, that's keep, the problem. You want to keep Panarin happy. You know, Thomas Hurdle is going to cost like $7 million, I think, or more. But he's the thing is, I think he's worth it a little bit more on his own. Like, we don't know if he'd work with Panarin, but I think if you go head-to-head Strom versus Hurdle, Hurdle is the more complete player. He's the better penalty killer. You know, he's better at creating individually, and he's better making it work when he's playing with nobody. But you're paying for that. You're paying for that, and you have to pay Lafreniere, you have to play Miller, you have to play Kako, you have to pay Heedle again, you have to pay all these people down the line. And if you're going to sign, I, Hurdle's going to free agency, and I mean, so is Ryan Strom, but I think Ryan Strom is way more likely to take four years. I think he's going to have to take, I think he's going to fight for five. I think they end up with five years, which I don't know, no matter how you feel about that, I think is okay. But as he, long as there's no no movement clauses and whatnot, I think they need to be, I think every team needs to be more strategic with those. I, the only, if you're gonna I don't know why me. people hand him out like candy. And I'm so sorry to cut you off, but know. it makes me so no, no, crazy. Cause, no, it, it is. And I know these players, like, they don't get they they don't get the money they deserve. They The reason why they get these eight-year contracts is because they can't get the money they should get, like, in one or two years, comparatively to other sports. And, of course, I want the players to get what they want. I'm definitely pro-player here. But from a team perspective, they just hand them out like candy, especially the Rangers. They love it. The Truba has has modified one. Kreider has a modified one. The only players on your team that should have no trade contracts is Adam Fox and Artemi Panarin. And that's it. That's it. Yep. Yep. And if you're giving the player term or you're giving them the money, and, like, this is what's tough because I would be the first player to advocate for a player getting every single thing. They, they deserve it, and they deserve to have security, and they deserve to have some control over their future. But I'm, like, putting that aside and looking only from a team perspective, you can't go into it and think you're going to give the player the term, the money, and the clauses. It's just too much. Like, the Kevin Hayes contract is the one that stands out for me because they did – Yeah, they they traded for him to get to him before he ever hit free agency. So they could negotiate with him before the market price was set for a center of his caliber because there were other centers on the market. If I remember correctly, it was Brock Nelson – at, at a similar time, he got the term, he got the money, and he got the clauses. So what was the point of now spending an asset to do that to avoid the market price 
Like, where was the leverage in any of that? It just feels like there was none. And maybe he truly knew he'd have better offers and was betting on himself and it worked. And if so, good for him. I think that's fantastic. It's bad business for a general manager. Like, you need to be more strategic with it. The Rangers have given them out to too many players. So if you're getting Strom to sign for four years and you want to hand him the no trade clause, go right ahead. But unless that's, you know, the case, you can't. I just, I have to remind us once again that we're talking about a league where there's maybe two guys that are good at this. It's the dumbest league I've ever encountered in my entire life. We can find a new reason every day. This just happens to be the one today. I don't think these guys are very smart. I don't think they're thinking that far ahead, if I had to be quite honest. But to not, it's your full-time job. <laughs> to, yeah. not have, to not have scenarios where you're building out what what the team's going to look like in four years, like your hockey stat miner doing it for free on Twitter. Like, you should be doing <laughs> that. Yeah. Oh. It's, and you think about it, there are 32 GM positions in the league. And they all just run. It, it, you could be GM of any team, anywhere, any league, anything. You are a general manager at the National Hockey League level. You should be really damn good at your job. Yeah, but again, it's a league where Canadians just fired Mark Bergevin, and Vancouver's like, that seems like a good idea. Let me have that. Well, McGregory, well, he took him to the finals. What? Get out of here. Get yeah, out of he here. As, again, yeah. not, not to quote Fitz for the third time in this podcast, but he <laughs> won the QMJHL last year. Good for fucking him. What do you, 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 want, you want me to give him credit? Can't be done. Can't be done. <sighs> yeah it's it's just like you know another coach is you know another team's gonna hire like i don't know elaine vignos even though uh, everywhere he's gone uh, along Shana, the way no, but that, proves... one, that one we like come on no that one <laughs> greg's got narratives he needs to keep alive let's go well, baby. sure but you just look at it and you go oh okay so a coach who has never changed never adapted has shown where he's you know where he falls short repeatedly and you're like it's cool he's definitely changed let's give him another shot not let's think outside the box Let's look for someone new. Let's look for someone from outside the NHL even. Or, you know, there are – you don't even need to look outside the NHL to find different thinking sometimes. Like, there are very good coaches. Like, I don't know. In Vancouver, Bradshaw is a fantastic option for any team to have. He he builds great defenses. He, you know, puts together a power kill. I'd be looking at him if I were any team. If I were Philly and I had no defensive structure – I would be calling him every single day and trying to get him should, away from the should, Canucks. Should, no, 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 no. We're not giving Philly ideas. Have you also considered for a second, Shane? It doesn't sound like you've considered this. I'm going to blow your mind. Have you considered that he can speak French? Well, yeah, there you go. And that's what's so funny. It's Michelle Tarrion and Elaine Mignot, and it's like, which one is going to end up in Montreal? Which, I mean, that would and, – and if Gordon has his hand in that hiring, then you'd be like, well, what did you learn? <laughs> Nothing. I'm so excited. I love this league. So stupid. <laughs> it's great. Oh God, it's it's the most fun I've ever had. It's it's so crazy. Yeah. Um, do you think? And I something I wanted to bring up on this podcast with Georgiev. Obviously, uh, he's lost the luster of some fans and people. I will just say that a lot of Ranger fans don't like him. I think the Rangers are still going to try to trade him. Maybe if he has a couple good games here, they can figure out a way to yeah. do that and recoup the asset. Do you think there, there's a lot of good backup goaltenders? Could you see the Rangers going for their backup goaltender? Yes. Me too. They 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 have in their pocket Benoit Lair. So that will help them scout the right goaltender, that will help them train the right goaltender and fix, you know, weaknesses in their game if so. And you look at Dallas and see that they have too many goalies. You have Ottinger, Kadobin, Holtby, and now Ben Bishop is playing, you know, going on a conditioning stint. Why not someone like Anton Kadobin as your backup? I think 
unless the price is too high and it might be because of, you know, how well he's played over the last couple of years. There are other options out there that if they feel that they can get assets in return for Georgiev and get him in a better position for himself too, because it's not just about the team, you know, I'm sure he wants an opportunity to be a starter somewhere and it's not going to happen here. And it, it, you know, it's tough, but like, that's what it is. So if they can find a better chance for him to have that, and if, you know, they can find, they can replace him. Why not? You know, why not go for that? Why not think about it? It's not like you necessarily have to set yourself back. If you look for another backup goaltender in the league, you just have to be smart about who you're picking. And I imagine they would be given their, you know, given Benoit Lair. Shane, I have a bit of a nonsense off-topic question for you, but I, it's been all I've been able to think about for probably the last 10 minutes. So I just need to ask Hit me. Our friend, well, your friend, Ryan over here, oh, has a legitimate connection with Kenny Omega, and he won't ask him to come on the podcast. Oh, sorry. And I need you to shame him what? into this for me. What? Why what? are you calling me out? <laughs> because I'm, How I'm am I just learning shit, about this? Is here for I kind of brought it up like a casual with 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 greg here um a couple of, i i used to play street fighter with kenny omega like casually i didn't know he was oh, like a big casually. deal i didn't know he was a big deal i don't know <laughs> he played street fighter with us when we were when i was like a semi-pro player so I, I played with all the pro players all the time and kenny would just like hang out he's a cool guy i mean he does seem like a cool guy but you should totally have him on the podcast or just like connect just give me the connection and i'll okay. i'll totally like interview him okay like that would be sick. at the time um, he was like really big in in japan where he was going to all the arcades yeah. and we were talking about like third strike and a bunch of other fighting games you guys don't know it's okay but like there you know that was like kind he, of my he, dream he wrestled in japan yes he yeah. was a big deal there yeah he there was, was a bullet club in new japan yeah, yeah that was like a thing cool and then most of them have come over to AEW because you have like him the bucks hangman adam cole just, like, these are Shana, important Shana writes a whole Shana writes a whole welcome to the full-time of the athletic article quotes hangman page in there. So I can't sit here and not bring up <laughs> the fact that Ryan <laughs> will not allow me to interview Kenny Omega. Wait, <laughs> let me add this I didn't too. allow you. I just didn't know like, a, you know, you are preventing this from happening. You are the <laughs> yeah, only thing preventing this, this happen. from happening. I'll message. And not friend. only, not only did I quote hangman in my intro letter, I dressed up as the young bucks for Halloween. My boyfriend was Kenny Omega. He shaved his beard and I had to used like hair mascara to darken it so he looked like kenny i had to he got a wig and i had to put like hair product in it and shop an outfit for him and everything so he could be kenny to you know my friend and i's young bucks so yeah if you have the connection to kenny omega that should totally i just didn't be a know thing. i had no like you know like whatever well now you do well he's no longer the champion so maybe now he has a little bit of time because he's rehabbing some injuries he's been wrestling while very hurt after a very strong title run that he lost to Hangman Adam Page. So now it's the perfect time. I'll, I'll send a message to one of my friends and see if he can say anything. I don't know. We'll see. I, I, you know, I don't think Kenny knows who I am anymore. It's like been a couple years since we played Street Fighter That's 4. all right. We have L.I. L.I. Joe. That's why why wouldn't message. we use yes, L.I. Joe that's every correct. now and then? That's, that's Shana, let me, let me transition back to more uh, well, less serious business. But I, I know that some Devil fans are going to listen to this and try and point out how you're not a beat writer, so I want to make a point to ask you a devil's question. The Jack okay. Hughes, the Jack Hughes contract. Yeah. In my opinion, this is the type of you risk the overpay because you're expecting him to outplay the deal. Yes. Am I crazy for having that opinion? No, it's it's a very risky contract. I don't know if he was forcing them to go. So I, I was a little bit perplexed at the length and the cap hit 
But if you're going to bet on anyone, you want it to be the player you view as a foundational part of your team and a part of your rebuild. And by locking in the cost for the next, you know, eight years, that is a good thing for a team that's going to have to work everything around it. And, you know, I'm sure that they're hoping that they are a playoff team in the very near future. That's one less thing to consider that, oh, he plays two more years, he thrives. And now where is the cost going? You know, it's something that it's a contract they can handle the cost and it's not it's not the worst thing. And I don't imagine it being a bad contract in the end. I just don't know. I don't know if that would have been the cost I would have aimed for from their perspective, but like you're, you're paying a player that, that you're hoping is one of your top six centers for the next 10 years. It's, it's, it's it could be worse. It could be worse. Well, I, I think the, if the cap goes up and he performs to what people believe he can be, it's going to be no issue whatsoever. And some people will look at it yeah. as a steal, but it's, it's not like they got the hometown discount. Who, who's New Jersey spending money on anyway, I think is probably how they would look at it. It's like, Hey, a lot of free agents don't want to come here. We don't have people who want to lock up long-term anyway right now, but if they didn't get like, if Jack Hughes signed for $6 million over eight years, I'd be throwing up right now. I would have been like, well, that, that yeah. you also have to remember not to be a full blown devil's podcast, but let's be for two seconds. Sure. Nico's already, <laughs> Nico's already locked up. Yeah, Dougie's already locked up. PK's um, up after this year, so that's right. nine million he, off the books right there. Yep, and I didn't they already lock up Brat as well? I think. Um, no, they did not. He only makes under he makes under three million, and he's an RFA after this year. I, um, right, so they're so they're, they're wingers. That's the thing; they don't have many wingers locked up past next year. They do. It's the following year that you know by then none of their wingers that are like on the currently at the NHL level are locked up long-term. So it is going to be tricky, but like teams spend on center depth. And if your center depth is 8 million and 7.2 million, that's really not the worst when you could be paying, I don't know, 11 million and 10 million or 11 and eight or 10 and nine. Like it's, it's really not that bad. Like, especially when you're doing that for a player who will be 21 and your other center is going to be next year, 23. So it really could be worse. You're not looking at players who are 27 signing these contracts. Like, I don't know, the Rangers, who are probably going to have costs that are similar with, you know, Zibanejad at over $8 million and Strom, who's going to come in somewhere between five and a half and seven, let's say, who are going to be in their 30s being paid that. It, it really, it really could be worse. And, you know, like you mentioned, cap growth, we imagine that there's going to be in the near future, so... That's something right there that'll help out. And um, the fact that they don't have that much on the books, they're building that core. And to have it as Nico, Hughes, and Dougie, like, I don't know. I could think of a way worse group. Um, I guess that's – I don't have any other questions for Shannon, Gregory. Do you? Fuck, Mary kill. <laughs> okay, you, you, once, you once upon a time – the podcast could still very much exist, but – for the too many men fans out there, fuck Mary Kill, MJF, CM uh-huh. Punk, Daniel Bryan. Um. Hmm. <laughs> this is where you Mary... say good question, Greg. It is a good question. Well, I was talking um, to Ryan. Sorry, you question, Greg. Fucking... Oh. Thank you. Um, apologies for <laughs> Kona snoring in the background. I keep trying to like make her stop That's fine. snoring, but she keeps. Fine. Um, good dog. I, okay, so I would probably marry mjf um first of all he's young 
as he says it, he's one of the four pillars of AEW. He has a long future ahead of him. He's a good wrestler. He's legitimately a good wrestler. Then you put in the heel part of it and everything he does. He's so good on the mic. He doesn't even have to wrestle that often to be as good and as popular as he is. That, you know, he's someone that if you want to be stuck to long term, it's not a bad thing. Fuck CM Punk. Yeah, because... I knew you were going to kill Daniel Bryan. I knew it. Well, yeah, the thing is, like, CM Punk, I think, and I was talking about this with my boyfriend earlier. We were having a whole question, uh, a whole conversation about Punk. He doesn't like Punk as much, and he thinks that sometimes he's annoying. And I like him, especially on commentary. Yes, is it a lot? Some of, like, everything going on because people are so hyped. But, like, whatever. People are happy, and, you know, he's help, helping grow the company. It's not a bad thing. He's someone who has experience that is good to have, you know, in the back and mentoring people and things like that and elevating people. And I think he's someone who's good for that. So See later, he doesn't man. have the same longevity at this point in his career, but See you later, Daniel he's still very useful. Yeah. And then we're going to kill Daniel Bryan. I do like the heel turn, but, and he's a very good wrestler. Almost every match he's had, I think has been very, very, very entertaining, but some of his like runs in WWE, like when he did the whole, like the wooden belt and whatever, like it wasn't my shtick as much. So, you know, Plus, doesn't he have, like, a neck injury that would concern me long-term? So, yeah, it, it that's should. why, yeah. People, people so, get worried about Jack Eichel. Just look at Daniel Bryan. That's all I'm, Yeah. So, all for that that reason, I'll put him, like, on the bottom of the totem pole. But I have really enjoyed him since he's come to AEW. That match against Kenny with, you know, no winner was great. I think he'll be very good against Hangman. I was thinking it was going to be him versus Moxley, but obviously things changed. So, I'm curious if that's something they revisit in the future, too. But... He's been nothing short of entertaining. Greg, before yeah, we go, I'll you just, told me to. Oh, go on. Well, I'll just. I'll also say, uh, CM Punk calling MJF a like dollar store Miz last week. Some of the funniest shit I've heard in a very long time. It, it was very good. It it was something that if you had mentioned like that as a rivalry to me, I'd been like, oh, whatever. But when Punk came out and didn't say a word to MJF, I was like, okay, I'm interested. It, that's all it took for me, and I was like, I'm interested because. MJF can just walk out there, shred the entire crowd, shred whoever he's going up against, and walk away. He's so good at it. So why the hell not? Uh, and yes, Ryan, I just got to shout out the the crew of Twitter peeps that showed up Saturday after the game for some drinks and some laughs. And I promised Ortiz that I would single him out and shout him out directly. And all I'm going to say is I still don't want Buck Showalter to be the Mets manager. I just don't. Congratulations. I think it would be very boring. Shana, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, congratulations on your position at our, our former hangout, uh, The Athletic, and, <laughs> and uh, hanging out with them. And you've earned it, seriously. And uh, good luck with all your future endeavors. And I'm sure you'll be back on the show soon. What else do you want to plug? Um, what else do I want to plug? Oh, I have stories running. Yes, stories. So uh, mm, if you yes. missed it today, there's a story on Dawson Mercer and how he's been really good and should be in the call of their conversation. I will have something... I believe later this week on expected goal models at the athletic and then at Sportsnet, you can keep an eye out for something on the coaching changes we saw today that runs tomorrow. And I believe something on the Leafs defense later this week, the Leafs. What about them? You can follow me on Twitter at Orion. You can follow <laughs> Craig at blue shirts break. We'll be back next week. Love you all. Goodbye. Okay. Before we go, you know, I, la- I have to, I have to, it's, it's in my, I'm contractually contractually. I'm leaving it and I'm not hitting re-record. I'm contractually obligated to thank our premium NHL insider Patreon subscribers. It's very important to me. We have a lot of fun times in there. And uh, I tried to get a scoop last week on Igor's situation. I was able to get it before it came out. Uh, 
just as I, I did get one piece wrong. I said he wasn't going to get an MRI, but he did get an MRI. So precautionary things. Uh, hey, listen, I think Igor will be, Igor will be back. Uh, I think he ends up starting on Friday versus the Sabres if things go well on that skate, which I'm assuming they will. And if he doesn't, it's totally fine. The Rangers are in a good position right now. But Igor's obviously having an incredible season. I'm going to have a more of a monologue in a second, but before we get to all that, I have to thank all of you. Thank you so much for listening. Adam Cassidy, Adam Cohen, Adam Cartolo, Adam Cheech, Alex Carter, Amber Cohensberg, Austin Beetleman, Barbie Chris, Barbie, welcome. Welcome. Ben Waters, Ben Weber, Biggs Malone, Brian Doyle, Broadway, Boucher, Bleeder, Chris Finelli, CJ Stellwagen, Dennis, Days In. Oh my God, I did it, Daniel. Daniel, Days In. Daniel, Days In. Daniel, Days In. David, I did a three for you. Dan, David Herod, Daniel Siegel, Dennis Deitz, Eric Stagg, George Obrisky, Gib Gardner Cup, Gretzky, Garabic, Fly, Handle, welcome. Handle. Harrison Hasco, Jake Berkowitz, Jerry uh, Marquez, JD, Jamie Mack, John Hardesty, Chris from Florida, Christoph Berg, Kyle Franklin, Lazar Krakowski, Lou Giordano, Lucas K, Matthew Kahn, Max Nielsen, Pavel Kodorev, Randy Tesser, Stephen Lomayer, Stig Bull, Box, Swangart, Throppy K, Tommy Sinclair, Tommy O'Neill, Tari from Manhattan, Upstate Vin, Vinny Bronco, Vinny Hay, and last but not least, Will Spector. I think I'm going to make like a pokey rap for this because it's gotten to 51 names. And I did not ever expect the support to get this way. And I cannot thank you all for being part of it. It makes me and Greg, what we do is very special. But I think I need to make a pokey rap. Will I get DMC take, uh, TM, DMCA takedown if I use the pokey rap like background and then do that for the, for the actual thing? I wonder. Here's my monologue for the week. The Rangers, it's a, it's a strange situation mostly because... I think I like everything about this team with the exception of a backup goalie. Kind of mentioned this a little bit with Greg, but I love the first line. I've I've kind of been a proponent of, not a proponent, rather anti-Kako playing with Kreider because I feel like they are a little bit redundant. But I think they're looking for Kako to be sort of the playmaker on that line, and Kako's looked tremendous over these past couple weeks here. It's, it's almost weird for me to say Kako's good after the two years of trying to find anything that was good, and now he's just actually good? It's very strange. The first line's great. I, I think Dryden Hunt might be, like, legit. I'm not, I don't think he's a top-six player, but I think he's going to be very good on that line and just going to find a spot. And the kid line is awesome. Love the fourth line with Ryan Reeves. Like, Goudreau, if... Hey, listen, if Goudreau was signed for a three-year deal for $2.5 million, I would love Goudreau. I think he's awesome. I think he was great. And it's just, it, it just the six years kills me. It's not about his toughness or who he is as a player and the black eye he has right now. It's just, I just hate the contract and the flexibility the Rangers do not have in the next five to six years. Uh, now they want to sign Strom. And then the defense has been all, like great. Like Nemeth even had a, a couple good games this past couple weeks. And Niels Lundqvist looks like he's coming into his own. And I, I can't say a bad word about Adam Fox and, and, and Ryan Lindgren. And then Igor, as soon as he's back, if he can stay healthy, wow, it's like the whole squad is just, I got nothing to complain about. I'm sure the Rangers are going to go through a tough stretch. Every team goes through a tough stretch, no matter who you are. The Avalanche, the Lightning, no matter what, you go through those stretches. But right now, the Rangers are riding high. And uh, there's not a lot I want to change, which is strange because there's always things I want to complain and change. And there's just not right now. In other news, thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back uh, with BSBOT later this week. We'll come out Thursday morning this week. So look forward to that. Love you guys. Bye. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.